What's up, everyone? It's been uh, last week, a lot of big eventful week. We talked about all. We're not going to have to cover any current events. We just as we covered it all in last week's show. Yes, we were up to date. Seriously, did anything actually happen in between? A uh, few things. I was in my own little like bubble, not and I had no service. So. so much of a bubble. You did watch Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Oh yes, I did watch the Suicide Squad. So did I. Um. What were your thoughts on it, Squeezer? No, it was a lot of fun. I liked it. It was. It was good. It was real good. I'm there not gonna. Was, I, I'm when not, when you compare it to and yeah, I, no, I don't really steal my thunder. Don't steal of, my thunder. No, no, go. All right, fine. Go ahead and poop on me now. I was underwhelmed. Okay. And it's not on you. I'm pooping on the. I'm not even pooping on the movie. No, no. What you what? Basically, I I really liked it, and then. All you had to do is compare it to uh, Guardians. Well, that was oh. my mistake. Yeah, yeah, and and now and now I can't see past that. Yeah, I went in. I was like, all right. I was really excited. I was really fucking excited for this movie. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be great. Like, I can't wait to see what he does with it. And the you know, and the critical review was like. They, he, he did it. Like, James Gunn did it. They love it. The critics love it. It's a masterpiece. And I saw I, it, and I was, and maybe I was tired. I should watch it again. I nah. was severely underwhelmed. I, I wasn't underwhelmed. It, it was, I, I enjoyed the whole ride, but it, it was, um, there were two things that kind of, I realized it partway through the movie when you hit that second act, uh, the spoilers, like wee wee wee, and all that stuff. But you should have seen it by now. When in the articles leading up to it, he was talking about how he had a blank slate to kill whoever he wanted in it, and absolutely everyone lived who you think would live in your typical Hollywood film. Everyone who had a deal lived. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like Harley Quinn's got a multi-picture deal. She ain't dying. Yes. Um, no. Peacemaker's got a TV show. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. going to tell you what happens there, but you can probably figure it the fuck out yourself. Uh, Post-credit scene. Idris Elba isn't going to die. No. And Sylvester Stallone. You can't, you, you can't kill the cute girl. Right. With yeah. the rat catcher? Yeah. So uh, it was 91% critical rating, 83% a score. The critics said, enlivened by writer-director James Gunn's singularly skewed vision, Suicide Squad marks a funny, yeah. fast-paced rebound that plays to the source material's violent anarch... 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 Anarchic? Anarchic. 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 Strengths. Audience says, the story isn't amazing, but the overtop action and sometimes literally side-splitting gags make the Suicide Squad a major improvement. Uh, well, 
I'm not, I, and, I, and here see, I am I sitting. Loved, I loved the gore as humor, but I didn't all the side splitting gags. I'm not quite sure where those were. I some, liked the first I had, movie I had some too. Chuckles, when everyone's but... saying this is leaps and beyonds, the first movie wasn't bad. I don't know what everyone hated it so much. Uh, the first one kind of uh, kind of bored me. I was, nah, it didn't hold my attention. I saw in the theater. I didn't like anyone in it. That's the problem. I Will Smith was great in it, and Harley Quinn. Was, yeah, well, yeah, but Harley Quinn, like that's yeah, Harley Quinn, and then it's like saying like you like Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and Ghostbusters. I did. Of course, of course. Well, yeah, of course you do. I just, it was, a, I, I liked it. I really did. But, yeah, when, when you, when you then you're like, yeah, but it's not Guardians. I'm like, oh, no, I guess not. Well, the you're thing like, it was your opinion sucks, Squeezer. I'm like, yeah, you're right. The thing that was. Like, you shouldn't have liked it. I'm like, all right, I don't. Sorry. I didn't say that at all. Uh, I was, I was there. The, and I didn't say that. I said, the thing no, that didn't, I said that's was. That's what I make up in my head when you. Okay, the no. thing I said was Guardians and Guardians <laughs> 2 have ton of heart, and it's the backbone of the movie. It's the heart. There was zero, yeah. and I guess you it's not the same. It's comparing apples to oranges, and I sure. did that. I compared apples to oranges. Yeah, it's not, like, it's not like comparing Space Jam to Space Jam 2. Yeah. That's a fair comparison. Um, yeah. I, I, again, I, I like the Suicide Squad. Don't get me wrong. But I wasn't mm-hmm. like, I guess I went in too excited. Like, I went in with zero expectations for Suicide Squad. I, I smoked a little bit of weed in the car before I went in. I saw it by myself. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. I laughed the whole time. I, I saw it at, um, fuck did I see it? Did I see it at Tillmanade? I don't remember. But I was thoroughly enjoying it the whole time. And this, this, I was on very little sleep, so it could be that. I could watch it again and love it, so. Mm. Nah, no, because now you already got in your head. You're looking for another ga- Guardians. It's no, it's not in my head. Late. I think, There's no going I think back. I could have just been grumpy. See, you loved it, so don't, you don't go back on it. Don't turn your back on it. Yeah, I you, did. I you, loved it. You were a big fan. So I want to I'm, 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 I'm ashamed that I do. I'm, I, I was at the wrong. end of it, I was like, but I still love it. I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? See, I just enjoyed the ride. I wasn't looking for that heartfelt. I, I, w- I wasn't looking for any of that. I just wanted to see just ridiculousness. Yeah, and it was. And Starro was like a crazy. It was the perfect choice. And. Um... Like originally, he was gonna he try he wanted them to fight Superman, but um, he didn't he didn't get that much leeway. I guess he decided to uh, not go that way, and uh, go uh, go with Starro because I mean Starro is a great big comic book villain, and when you do a great big comic book movie with Polka Dot yeah. Man, yeah. You know? and how else are you gonna fit him in anywhere else? Right. Starro. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I didn't hate it. Uh, I didn't mm-hmm. love it. I wasn't blown away. And I wasn't dis- overly disappointed. It was just... It was... You just you just hated my enjoyment of it. Yes. Oh, all right. There we go. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, man, you're a sweet, sweet boy. Whoa, Brian, what's up? 
Why, listening live while at work. Yeah, stick it to the man. That's what we say. Unless you're sticking it to me. Squeezer. Yeah, yes. What? Hmm? <laughs> Brian's want listening live for the first time at work. Oh, yeah. Oh, at work. Yeah. Yeah, I, I listen to this show at work all the time, too. <laughs> I said stick it to the man, unless Squeezer's sticking it to me. She does yeah. all the time. Well, I'm listening to old episodes, figuring what the hell we already talked about. And yeah. then I yell over to you around the corner. It's an assignment, really. Yeah, it's an assignment. Yeah. So, it's over my lunch break, What else? Right? Have you yeah. watched What If yet? No. Oh, it was pretty good. I enjoyed the first episode. Captain Where's Carter. that? What If? Yeah. Where is it? Disney Plus. All right. You don't know anything about it. Add do that to my list. No. Squeezers Googling. Don't you remember? You might not remember. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't. Yes. No, I saw it and I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first one was uh, What If Peggy Carter Becomes Captain America? Yeah. And yeah, I, I get plastered with uh, ads for it all the time, but. Huh. Also My, caught up on Ted I actually Lasso. watched some Simpsons on Disney Plus. That was, that was the first time I'm using Disney Plus in a lot, while for uh, something not princessy. See, I'm opposite. I watch a ton of Simpsons on there. Like if 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 there's if if I'm not watching one of the Marvel movies or one of the Mandalorian or a Marvel show, I'm watching or a Pixar movie. To be fair, uh, I'm watching Simpsons on there. I watch a lot of Simpsons on there. It's the only thing Disney Plus is worth. I'm, I'm kidding. They give they've given us so many shows this year. <laughs> Wandavision, man. I was trying to explain it to Fulkerson today. She didn't. She's like, "What's there to watch?" I'm like, "Have you seen Wandavision?" She goes, "I never heard of it." I go, "It's a oh, su- superhero TV show dealing with grief." <laughs> <laughs> so well, they got nominated for multiple Emmys. Um. I'm I'm not caught up on The Simpsons after I think season sixteen or twenty I think I, when they went HD is when I start after the movie is when I stopped watching. Yeah, I don't know. There's a, there was a look and feel to it that just kind of like the heart just left it. The movie felt like a good point to stop. I saw the movie in the theater with my friend Tommy. Um. Yeah, and I, it was like all right. This should be the end. Oh, my God. It is fucking pouring outside. Is it? It is fucking dumping. I'm in my bunker. I don't know if you hear that, but it is it is pouring behind us. It's that tropical storm Fred, right? Is it Fred? I believe it's Fred. I don't know. Barney. Barney! It, it, is, it, is it like a real like a real Fred? Like it's an actual like national weather or whatever named it or it's like the weather channel named it because they like chirons you think i fucking know i don't know this, gonna... that, that's your territory not mine oh, okay yeah but, that's a good point oh yeah my dad would be very disappointed i don't know well you don't know where the proper name for the atmospheric changes whatever i'm talking on my ass right now like I don't, I don't think they ever. There was never really a name for winter storms. Uh, why not though? They're they're just yeah. Why not? Because it's catchy. Holy dun, dun, shit! Dun. It started raining harder right now. All right, my grass needs this, so rain on, my oh, friend. Rain on. No, no, let the grass die. <laughs> then I don't have to cut it. 
No, see, I'm not one of those, like, we shouldn't be growing grass, man. We should be growing corn and gardens. Like, grass takes up so much land, blah, blah, but it's beautiful. I'm all, I'm all for turning the world into a parking lot, so don't talk to me. <laughs> uh, no, wild grass, that's where it's at. Because it, it creates a healthy uh, ecosystem in your yard. And then you get healthy ticks and field mice in your house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're healthy. Yes, they're healthy. Yeah, let's give the cat something to chase. Yeah, I got a fox prowling around now, so I just saw him the other day. Nothing so, like having a dead field mouse. Oh, dude would kill it in 3.2 seconds. She's a living murder machine. Any bug that gets ah, in the house dies immediately. Yeah. I just hope she doesn't, like, find some, like, mutagen or some form of radiation lying around the house. Yeah. Then she turns into a mutant murder cat and... She she was the storm was scaring her a little bit tonight and she was curled up in my nook of my arm and snuggling against uh, my, my my man teeth and um, yeah but she would still murder you if she could oh absolutely but yeah. she was loving me tonight Aw. yeah so we survived music fest squeezer yeah survive hell give me another ten days I don't know if your heart can take it. <laughs> Hey, as long as I miss out on the fried, I, I, wanna, I need to. We need pies. to get a, a a blood test to see what what part of your blood is congealed gravy. <laughs> there was a poutine stand, folks, and, it's... and I don't know if you guys know, but Squeezer likes three things in life. I like French fries, I like gravy, and I like cheese. I don't know if you also. Oh, and salt. Four. Yeah. Combine them all together in an efficient container. I also don't know if you know that Squeezer's a poutine purist. I learned yeah, that. yeah, don't start throwing shit on top of it. Right. No so, need for that. Yeah, and by survived, I mean, yes, you weren't carted off in an ambulance to a cardiologist. Like everyone else. I swear there's an ambulance every day just hoisting an old lady onto a stretcher. Yeah, I was worried about your Thank God, it's hot. In particular, after I brought over the five orders of beignets, which I knew was a bad idea. Yeah, I was wearing a black. I was wearing show blacks that day too. That was <laughs> that, that 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 truck hadn't looked like that since the eighties. Ah, just back in the eighties. That's how we partied. Oh man, they really. I loved it too, man. They just dredged that stuff in powdered sugar. It was a good. Oh, that wasn't work. Yeah, I was. Uh... We we uh, we made it. We're here. We uh, that's why we couldn't record live last week. We had the Legend of Zelda yeah. show. YouTube was not running. How am I going to get YouTube likes? Uh, also, if you're listening right now, hit the hold on. What do you hit the bell? The subscribe. Thing. Yeah, you got it. You got a point and obnoxiously promote it in five different ways. Yes, ish. Today is live. Not was live. <laughs> I thought it was recording. Last week was the recording. today was live. Last week was... Last week is live. Is live. Was the yes. last... Oh, my God. It's even raining harder, Squeezer. Oh, no. You're going to float away. I mean, I'm up on the second floor. Do I need to come third, get you? Technically third floor, if you count the basement. Oh, yeah. Rain pussy. <laughs> <laughs> come Rain come pussy. save me. Uh, I apologize. I was kind of cut off. I had no reception whatsoever, because I... 
I was told I didn't have T-Mobile, so I wasn't as awesome as everyone else in the trucks. So I was kind of a black hole, so I was kind of cut off from the whole Instagram and the chat and all that. And I mean, I wasn't cut off, but he's kind of busy. So it's it's busy. It catches. I just saw. I, I, that's why I. I started scrolling back, and one thing that caught my just that was actually just yesterday. I think Erock posted the System of a Down Legend of Zelda, and now I can't not unhear. I did it. not see. It's that. been so long. I used to listen to that on Winamp, and now it's now it's back stuck in my head, and I got to it, download it. It's really it hard my phone. to scroll through Instagram when you have a fork in one hand and a serving of poutine <laughs> that, that's two servings of poutine sometimes uh, it was a good good 10 days it was i got off look i had one early in the day and the problem was during the week it got so crowded like over the weekends and stuff that like i couldn't enjoy myself later in the day so like i would go you know an hour or two without eating some poutine and i got i did a set i got off my camera i walk out of the big tent and lo and behold, right behind me is the poutine tent glowing like a halo around it mm-hmm. with not a person in sight. No oh, line, no nothing. Oh, I, I literally oh, floated to it. Oh, I, I took the salt road to the poutine. It was like, uh, and then actually the way this played out, then, I'm like, window. you know what? <laughs> I had one today. I'm going to go next door to the grilled cheese place and have a grilled cheese instead because that looks delicious. Uh-huh. So I take three steps to my right because if it were four, I probably wouldn't have done it. And I'm like, one grilled cheese, please. This and they're like, sure, it's cheese. like $14. So I pull out my little watch and I go beep, beep, and I'm ready to pay. She's like, oh, uh, yeah, that, well, you don't have that. It's not set up for your Apple Pay right now. Like, we'll only take cards. I'm like, oh. Oh, I don't have my wallet on me. It's in my bag. Sorry, cancel my order. Three steps to my left. One poutine, please. <laughs> Coming right up. Beep, beep. Yum. Yum. Oh, anyway. Uh... Oh, who's here? Oh, Christ. Hey, everybody. It's been two weeks. Squeezer, how you doing? I know you're going to eat that poutine. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to detox from that poutine with our silver solution. Silver solution is what helps detox from gravy, cheese curds, french fries, gay frog disease, uh, coronavirus, getting frozen in kryptonite, anything that you can think of that is good. The liberal elitists in D.C. are going to try to push upon you. You need the silver solution. Go to Infowars.com, code name rad, code word rad, and get 20% off your order. Squeezer. Do you know why the price of lumber is so high right now? I know you're a woods man. You're a woods crafter. The price of lumber is so high right now. Squeeze it. Do you know why? Uh, it's because technically they actually have a backstock. Wrong! Oh. 1974, Squeezer. My dad was stationed in Alaska for the U.S. government. CIA co-ops under the rug. Deep state. Dark. Secret. Co-op. Work. All right. We're taking DMT every day, me and my dad, who and the woods survive. DMT takes us to another dimension, the dimension which we sit down in a big grand console of wood elves. The wood elves, the wood elves tell us right now that they're going to determine the price of lumber, and the price of lumber is only determined by them. And right now they said they're going to give us a break. That's 1974. 
Five years later, they decided to jack up the price of wood. Lumber went through the roof. The crash of the 1980s happened, Squeezer. The wood elves decide the price of lumber. Don't let the fake news media, the liberal elitists, and the pedophiles tell you otherwise. God damn it. Listen, if you want to protect yourself from wood, I, wood elf bell. Yeah. Sorry, I need to take my summer solution. If you want to protect yourself from wood elf bites, you're going to want to need to go to InfoWars.com and get the Beta Beta Max 8. It protects you from wood elf bites and all sorts of spells wood elves can cast on you when they're feeling randy because they're jacking up the price of lumber across the continental United States. Use code word RAD at checkout for 20% off your order today. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> <laughs> knowing is half the battle. Yeah, I bet you didn't know. That's why the cost of lumber was. Uh, you you are so proud of yourself. Yeah, I read that you're, on Reddit. Your no, your eyes lit up. You realized you had something the second you mentioned the wood elves. Yeah, I, I know. Nothing is really <laughs> thought through with my uh, my good friend. Um, crap, I can't even remember his name. Squeezer. No, 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 no. You are my oh. good friend. My good uh, Alex, Jones, oh. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Oh, yes. Alex, nothing's really thought through. It's kind of off the cuff. You're just sitting behind your desk doing manager things, just spouting off about wood elves. Driving the price of lumber for everybody. <laughs> if, uh, PSA, though, for reals, if anyone has a project coming up, hold off a little bit. I've got note from some random contractor that I ran to in a parking ran into at a parking lot in Lowe's yesterday. Right. And he said by prices are going to be going down steadily over the next two to three months. Yes. Yes. I read that too. Yes. There's I also read that other places, but when it comes from some random guy that stops you just to ask you what uh faux finish uh grain is on your plywood. You start to take the man seriously. And he had a shirt on it that said something, something electrical. So I assume well, to, he went to a right. vocational school. Okay. To be fair, Squeezer, you know what their theory was on the why the lumber and housing market's going down? They're driving um, information behind said hypothesis. You said you read the articles. Well, some of it just that it's going to be going down. You just read the I don't headlines. Go deep. Don't <laughs> yeah, I read the first like couple lines. I'm like that's I don't care how it's happening because you know, know what the stupid theory is. It's like people less and well, few and few people are going to Home Depot. We could see a crash in the housing market soon. Oh that oh no I yeah I read that one. No I thought you were Jesus referring to fucking Christ. Yep. No people aren't going to Lowe's and Home Depot now is because the prices of shit are so high. No one wants to do anything, mm. but it's gonna be going down. Also, I, I th they were also uh, the mills are actually s milling it here, sending it to Canada, and then sending it back here at marked up prices. Mm. That's another thing. I don't know. All I know is it's gonna be going do down. You know that but the problem sure is right now is what you're saying. They have a stockpile of all the wood that they paid high for, and they're not gonna lower the price until they sell that shit off. But they have stuff that they're sitting on that's already cheaper. What what you say about the mills cutting it here and sending it to Canada, send back here, seems like mm -hmm. bullshit. Why would they pay that money to do that? Have you researched that? No, no, no. That That's another... It's the internet. Yeah, okay. No. All right. No, I don't we're, believe we're, that. We're, we're in the wild, wild west here. We're just shooting from the hip. 
And plus, a lot of shit already comes from Canada. Like, if you have drywall, it comes from Canada. Canada's good for two things, poutine and drywall. <laughs> a lot of poutine. Well, uh, that being said, uh, Squeezer and I had a fun week, and we're happy to be back with you. And we're talking about athletes from... Are the Wood Elves unionized like David? The thing that is ruining Wood Elf culture is unions, just like the thing that's ruining American culture. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the lunch lady could come later, Brian. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll, it, the, the night is young, but we're just starting our topic. <laughs> Squeezer. We are talking about yeah. athletes who decided to take a turn from sports that they loved and tried at the silver screen in, and this is completely limited to rad years dates. So this isn't like athletes who went Hollywood in 2010 or 1974. This is athletes from the eighties to the early two thousands. Correct. Squeezer. Uh, yeah. It, I, yeah. Well, I mean, my, my first one started early, but what, what really matters is, when it when people remember him from and right. what I'm talking about in particular, right? The motion yeah. picture you're talking about, yeah. Yes, yes. What? Who goes first this week? Uh, he, I think hmm. you went first with Primus Tragedy Guides last week, so I go first. Yes. Okay, your turn. All right. Here is my first athlete who made it big in Hollywood. This guy you might have heard of. I don't know. Oh wait, they have to make it big. Not really, but. Okay, good. They took a turn. This guy might have made it big. I don't know. We'll see where his career winds up. He was raised on a tropical island. Now he's off in search of his long-lost brother. He's probably just like me. Oh, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are twins. You tell your brother he messes with me, he messes with my whole family. Twins, the new comedy from Ivan Reitman, rated PG. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. You're forgetting the false rule of a crisis situation. You negotiate first, you attack last. <laughs> you negotiate first, then attack. <laughs> uh, so you're talking about Danny DeVito, right? Uh, he should have. He is a fucking natural born athlete. What's the third rule in the crisis situation, Squeezer? Duck. <laughs> Duck. Um, oh, yeah. Um, we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And if you're like, he wasn't an athlete, are you kidding me? He's Mr. Olympia. He's the Austrian oak. He's Mr. Universe, 1968, Mr. Olympia, 1970, 1975, 1980. That's seven times. Squeezer. Retired from bodybuilding in 1980. And yes, I'm counting bodybuilding as a sport. He's an athlete. That's some work you got to put in there. His personal records for a clean and press, whatever the fuck that is, is 264 pounds. <laughs> Snatch is 243. Clean jerk is 298. Squat, 545 pounds. Jesus. I have like 45 pounds in the bottom. I'm like, look at me go. 
He's... Did you ever watch that video of him uh, explaining to the guy how to how to put a plate on on camera? Yeah, I, I saw it, but it, yeah. it gets boring. You want to put the plate on the? I can't do it. Well, it's short. I mean, you don't watch. The it's whole from thing. the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. His bench press is 520. His deadlift squeezer. Can you guess what his deadlift record was? Uh, I'm guessing, judging by mine, so add an extra 50, 60. I'm going to go with like 325, 325. 683 pounds. Okay. That's that's a decent amount. That's a decent amount of weight. That's like half our crew. (laughs) Half? That's like half of two of our. If crew. you cut them in half, <laughs> no, that's like, oh yeah, that's that's like that could be like two of our crew. If you just put one on each end, <laughs> minus the bar. Uh, give me like bottom. Throwing Jake a little poutine. Inside. yeah, do a little poutine. Um, he did acknowledge the use of steroids; they were legal. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, he decided then, after he retired in 1980, to get into acting. I don't know. He wasn't on, like, uh, Sylvester Stallone. I don't think he went into porn first. He uh, he was in uh, the title role in Hercules in New York, and he was under the stage name Arnold Strong. But his accent in the film was so thick, his lines were dubbed after production. Uh, second appearance was as a deaf mute mob hitman. Get where they're going with this? Okay, you don't know. Mm-hmm. No long goodbyes. Like you just look massively big. Um, he had a much more significant part in Stay Hungry in 1976, which he won a Golden Globe for a new Star of the Year actor. I, that's not even a, a category anymore. Um, oh yeah, that was like kind of yeah. That, that's like a. People's Choice Award kind of category. He said, It was very difficult for me in the beginning. I was told by agents and casting people that my body was too weird and that I had a funny accent and that my name was too long. (laughs) Um, Pumping Iron is the bodybuilding film that you talked about with the um, him talking about putting the weight on. That was uh, the 1977 movie uh, 1991, he purchased the rights to that movie. I don't know if he ever did anything with it. Uh, his breakthrough movie was Conan the Barbarian in 1982, Squeezer. Then Conan the Destroyer in 1984. And we all know him from a little movie with James Cameron called The Terminator. He did Commando, Raw Deal, The Running Man, Predator, Get to the Chopper, Red Heat. But none of those were were really tapping into his true instincts until a little 1988 movie with Danny DeVito called Twins. I think that was his first foray into comedies, Mr. Squeezer. And I, I, I mean, if it weren't for that... I don't, it doesn't like all those look all those roles are great like all the the predators the murderous uh lunkhead with a machine gun 
but I, I think his best movies are where he can be funny. Right. He went from Twins to Kindergarten Cop. Then he did T2 Judgment Day. Then he got Last Action Hero. Then True Lies, which was also playing half comedy. Then Eraser. Um, I think after uh, Commando and The Terminator, he's like one of the biggest action stars. And Predator, probably, 87. Then he does Twins, and he's got mass appeal. Biggest, One of the biggest stars. He's like The Rock at this point. When The Rock started doing comedy. Mm-hmm. The he Tooth did, Fairy. He did yeah, Total Recall, then Kindergarten Cop, then T2, then Last Action Hero, True Lies, Eraser, Jingle All the Way, Freeze! All right, no, that was bad. Freeze! I can't do it. Batman and Robin, End of Days, <laughs> which I never saw, The Sixth Day, which I never saw, Collateral Damage, which I never saw. <laughs> did you see any of these movies? I've, I've seen all of them. Yikes. Um, there was a time when uh, when I was living with my grandparents, when my parents split, that's like I would just watch movies from my grandfather, and it was all he would want to watch is uh, Van Damme, Schwarzenegger, and his favorite of all time. Can you guess? Sylvester Stallone? No. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily put him in the same category, but he sure as hell did. Who? Who? Steven Seagal. Oh. I loved Steven Seagal. You know, I have... I've seen every Steven Seagal movie ever made. I have not seen... Up to 2001. Okay, you'll get your turn to talk. We're talking me now. Sorry! I have not seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie since Batman and Robin. Oh, let me look. And End of Days, The Sixth Day, Collateral Damage... T3, Rise of the Machines, Expendables, Expendables 2, The Last Stand, Escape Plan, Expendables 3, Sabotage, Maggie, Terminator Genesis, Aftermath, and Terminator Dark Fate. Never saw any of those. I have not. Oh, seen yeah. I've, I've, I've seen most of them. I have not seen an Arnold movie since Batman and Robin. You didn't see T3? Fuck no. Oh. That's, oh, good for you. Right? Uh, yeah, using it. That was what that was from, though. Uh, was it that one? Yeah. Oh, good for you! <laughs> End of day- Days was good. What was End of uh, Days? Actually, those all kind of started running together. End of Days. Nope, didn't see that. Let's see, Sixth Day. Nope, didn't see that. What is the fucking Sixth Day? Jesus Christ. In the film, a family man of the future is illegally cloned by accident as part of a vast conspiracy involving a shady billionaire businessman. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I watched that in my great-grandmother's uh, electric reclining chair that she left them. Collateral damage. T3, the rundown. <coughs> oh, I saw the rundown. I'm oh, wait. sorry. But he was uncredited. Which one was the rundown? The, with The Rock and um, Sean William oh, Scott. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I saw the rundown, but he's uncredited in it. In it, he's in it, but he's uncredited. He's a bar patron. He's a cameo, so we don't count it. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm not. I have not seen a Arnold movie since Batman and Robin. That's what he turned me off of it. You didn't see any Expendables? Nope. They're fun. Although he's not. I don't think he's like he has like 
He's more of a cameo in the first one. He's uncredited in the first one. He's in the second and third. But he's just a cameo in the first. You're right. He's uncredited. Nope, no Expendables. Not my type of movies. No. But Twins, on the other hand, is. <laughs> I like Luke Twood. Through the lips, over the gums. Look out stomach, here it comes. <laughs> Vincent, I'm your brother. <laughs> this movie's absolutely perfect. It's nuked food. <laughs> and I, I don't I don't I don't know if it'd be the same without DeVito. No, no. Or like, because look, look, Schwarzenegger is great, but like, DeVito, I would, I don't want to say he carries it. No, no, he. But he makes it. He makes it work. He has the levity. He grounds the movie. He grounds the yeah. picture. Vincent, I don't know how to dance. Well, you don't know how to dance. Come on, follow me. One, two, three. One, two, three. <laughs> Such a great movie. You're forgetting the first rule of a classic situation. Uh, anyway, uh, this bodybuilding behemoth, I think, made his name in the world with this movie, Twins. And it's my favorite movie of his. It's one of my favorite of all time. So um, that was my first pick. Squeezer, here is your first pick. Okay, well, <laughs> do you know what that's from? I, I think most people listening would recognize where that's from, no? The Cinderella yes. movies. Brian got it. It's the juice. Yeah, that's Naked Gun. Yes, When he OJ. keeps falling down, and later he's in a wheelchair, and he gets he gets pushed. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, it's all, it's all right. It came out a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, so this is not OJ's first foray into uh, acting. I mean, pretty much from the day he started, you know, he was out of college and playing pro football, he was being cast in stuff. Uh, one-offs and TV shows, and then he was in uh, Capricorn 1 movie and uh, what was it, Towering Inferno and stuff, but... Most people, if you say O.J. in a movie, they think the Naked Gun movies. Yes. Now, the the last one he was in was Naked Gun uh, 33 and a third, but, and that's, uh, well, because uh, after that he was, he, he went more for the live TV kind of, you know, 
sensation after that. He couldn't go back to act the like the the fake stuff. It was all about live TV. It's like it's like wrestling, you know. You got that that live audience pop. You got to go for. Uh, but it's so, a fun gimmick. You want to keep going until we say no. We no, it? I, I realized it was going nowhere, so I was just trying to keep stalling until you know you helped me out or called me out on it. So thank you for doing one or <laughs> one or two of the other. Uh. So in 88, OJ does uh, yeah, Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. And he doesn't have a whole lot of lines, but he's integral to the plot of the movie. And he, in my opinion, he's my favorite bits in the movie because I'm a very physical comedy kind of... Uh, I like silly, dumb shit like that. And it's very three, it's very Three Stooges-y. And uh, I'm making that a verb, adverb, some kind of grammar thing. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, he doesn't. He has very few lines in it. Most of the time, he's in a coma or in a hospital bed. Um, but yeah, the opening, his opening sequence on the boat, and uh, first kicking in the door, getting his foot stuck, then getting shot multiple times, and then for some reason. There's a wedding cake. He gets his hand slammed in door. My, the f- best bit about it, though, is av- my favorite part is when he gets shot and then he leans up against the door and there's wet paint on the door and he peels back and he's just like, oh, no. Like th- that. That's the most disturbing thing of all is that he got wet paint on his shirt before falling into the water. Of course, he survives and he also survives another assassination attempt uh, on his life. Uh while he's in the hospital. But then, yeah, he comes back at the end of the movie, spoilers, and he's now in a wheelchair. He survived his ordeal. And uh, Frank gives him a good old pat on the back. He goes bouncing down the stairs, hits the guardrail, and does the most uh, fantastic uh, multi-twist flip uh, over the railing into into the field of play. It's a great way to end the film. Mm-hmm. You bookend OJ uh, on both ends of just being uh, you know, injured humorously. Uh, and then, you know, he went on and did, uh, you know, Naked Gun 2 and 3. Uh, uh, but I, I think he stands out more for his less than speaking <coughs> parts as Norberg just doing the slapstick. And he's fantastic in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it does take, I, I think, because he's an athlete, uh, you have to have that sense of self and awareness. And I think only someone that can have, you know, it would take a multi-pro bowler to kind of pull that kind of, or Chris Farley. You have to have to have like five pro bowl appearances or be Chris Farley to pull off that kind of, you know, that routine. Right. And then he got tried for murder. He certainly did. Got uh, put in jail for stealing his own stuff back, right? Oh, that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, he, he couldn't just lay low. <laughs> He's out of jail. You can't just now. you can't just go to Florida where they can't uh, something about the laws in Florida where they couldn't like basically like take the money that he has owed them from his civil suit because Florida's just you know it's Florida. Uh, but then, no, he couldn't have. He couldn't have just getting away with that. He had to fly out to Vegas and basically stick a guy up to get back what he considered his stolen uh, merchandise. 
Yeah. Well, that's how it, that's how it happens, right? That's how they get you. Yeah. That's how the man gets you. Anything more on Mr. Norberg? Uh, no, no. Go watch. Uh, go watch Naked Gun. It's humorous. Okay. Here is. I should have, and I, and I, I, as I'm, as I'm like, going back and rewatching it too. I'm like, oh, you know what? I could have gone with like Reggie Jackson. <laughs> oh yeah, he was in that. Yeah, he was the he was the the sleeper. He was agent. possessed. Yeah. 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 And then I went back and realized how much shit Reggie Jackson was in. I'm like, shit, I got to save this for the next one we do. Because he was in the MacGyver episode. Oh, thank goodness you didn't pick Reggie Jackson. You're lu- you guys are so lucky. I for- So you, you think you didn't? You liked my uh, quick recap of OJ doing physical comedy and Naked Gun and me br- bringing the, the, the humor out in a, in a verbal, uh, like a, uh, but like a radio, what's that? The... Like a, a talkie style radio show. It was like, uh, what the hell is that? Vaudeville. I did like a vaudeville OJ recap. Uh, imagine uh, next episode, you guys tune in. We're going to do this sooner than later so I can do Reggie Jackson on MacGyver. Yay. Get the full recap. Full recap. All right. Uh, shall we continue? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Here's and mine. I gotta update one of my picks for later. <laughs> Next. But it meet Happy Gilmore. He was a hockey player. Don't you ever touch my puck! Now he's going from the rink to the links. Where you going with those clubs, punk? I'm your caddy. He's got the swing. He shoots, he scores! He's got the drive. This guy stinks. He's got the ball. Alright, let's go. Adam Sandler is Happy Gilmore. Ready PG-13. Starts Friday at theaters everywhere. What a great movie. And before we talk about the movie, though, the athlete mm-hmm. I'm talking about was defensive end in college. He started his college career in 1966 at Long Beach City College. He didn't play because he had an ankle injury, but um, he transferred to San Diego State becoming a letterman for San Diego State Aztecs in 1968 and 69, helping them win the 69 Pasadena Bowl, finishing with an 11-0 record, Squeezer. Finishing at a number, a number 18 ranking in the final UPI poll, and he played for head coach Don Correll. He went undrafted, but he signed with the Oakland Raiders as a free agent in 1970, playing as a linebacker in seven games for the Raiders in 1970, helping them win the AFC West Division title on the way to the first ever AFC Championship game. He only played in one game in 1971 before the Raiders released him. He signed with the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League in 71. Played there until 73, 18 games total. And uh, in between, he attended San Francisco State University, earned a bachelor's degree in drama. He retired from football in 74. Began pursuing acting career after that, and then the two thousand in the early nineties, he wound up in a movie with Adam Sandler playing golf instructor Chubbs. This is Carl Weathers. Chubbs Peterson is not his most famous role. I would say Apollo Creed is his most famous role, but Chubbs Peterson is my favorite role of his. <laughs> he's also Al Dillon in Predator with that. He's he's got a ripped ass body and. The Rocky movies and Predator. Yeah, he's also Carl Weathers in Arrested Development. You got a stew go- put a bone in that. You got a stew going. 
<laughs> He's also the water bottle in GNC in Eight Crazy Nights. The mall? What's not to love about the mall? They got everything. <laughs> Whitey goes on about the mall. He's also Chubbs in a Little Nicky. Um, and Combat Carl in Toy Story 4. And he has recently come back to the acting scene in a big bad way and the directing scene as Grief Karga in The Mandalorian uh, receiving an Emmy uh, did he get nominated? Or you, did he? Did he win? I think he was nominated for an Emmy for outstanding guest actor in a drama series, and he directed Chapter Twelve: The Siege, which was probably one of the best episodes of that season. Squeezer, I think so. Yeah, he did a really nice job with it. So Carl Weathers coming through uh, directing in a big bad way. Who would have known? I don't know uh, if he had any directing roles prior to that, but uh, you know, good for him. I'm looking right now, see if he had director's roles. Director. See, I thought did. you were going to go with Lee Trevino when you start going with that. Oh yeah, Lee. More, I only know Lee Trevino from The Simpsons. <laughs> Lee Trevino's <laughs> Lee Trevino's putting challenge. Okay, so yeah, he has directed. He directed an episode of Renegade. He directed eight episodes of Silk Stockings. Ooh, yes. Carl. Instrumental in our youthful. Wait, that was Lee Trevino's putting challenge. Yeah, Lee Trevino putting challenge. Simpsons. I don't know if that was Lee Trevino. Yeah. He directed two episodes of Penna. Pensacola, Wings of Gold, Strong Medicine, one episode, 18 Wheels of Justice, three episodes, Sheena, five episodes, For the People, one episode. Yeah, so he did an episode of Y50, and then he did a Chicago Med recently, after The Mandalorian. Ah, yes, it was Lee Carvello's putting challenge. No, I thought it was Lee Trevino. I had to look it up. Because I knew something was off. Lee Carvello. Oh, I thought it was Lee Trevino. I don't know. I don't fucking know golfers. Well, he's not a real golfer. Oh. It was made up for The Simpsons. But it was supposed to be Lee Trevino, right? I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lee Carvello is a parody of retired professional golfer Lee Trevino. Yeah. And apparently Lee Trevino was not happy with his role in uh, Happy Gilmore. Shaking his head. Uh, he he didn't realize how much cursing was going to be in the movie. Night, Ishmael. Daryl, what up? Fuck that. Night, Ish. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't like our podcast. Fuck you. Especially and fuck when we golf. Get... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the only thing about golf I like is is Happy Gilmore. Quite honestly, and playing Tiger Woods. Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Uh, what else about that? Happy Gilmore, and he plays. Um, Chubbs with the wooden uh, hand that got eaten by the alligator. He eventually dies, so Happy wants to win the tournament for Chubbs. But uh, Shooter McGavin says he's playing for Chubbs. Uh, what he says? Uh, I believe that jacket belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> ah, I see you can count. <laughs> 
and you could count on me to see you in the parking lot. <laughs> I remember I had, I worked at Subway when this movie came out. And I had the same t-shirt that he was wearing in the movie. I had this, Everyone was so jealous of it because you couldn't buy it. You're not listening to me. Uh, the gu- the guns don't kill people. No. Was that wait? What was it? He's wearing a Subway T-shirt when he's talking Subway sandwiches. Oh, that one. In this uh, Subway club, I think he's just eating the Sub Club. This delicious. That makes sense. And he's wearing that a Subway shirt under his flannel. Well, I had that Subway shirt from working there, and uh, everyone was jealous. All I could say. It was very cool. Did you wear it out on vacations like you would wear a music fest shirt? Yeah. No, I wore it to school. And, uh, oh, that's. Yeah. Did it smell like hoagies? Oh, it's, it had like that, that subway that smell. That yeast smell? That subway yeast smell? Oh, God. I used to. All my clothes reeked of it. Uh, so working at Subway was a lot of fun, though, I had to say. Did they make. That, that's a candle, right? I'm guessing. Should be. They have to have that as a candle. Um, I also like Caddyshack, too, if we're talking golf. Um, the reason why it's probably so funny is Judd Apatow did a script rewrite, though he went uncredited, Squeezer. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Carl Weathers, football player, uh, there's a story I read that uh, in Rocky Balboa, he got permission from uh, Ivan Drago, Mr. T, uh, to reshow footage of their fights in the movie for like flashbacks. But Carl Weathers wanted a role in the movie, even though he's supposed to be uh he's supposed to be dead. He's killed by Mr. T. I know I'm not using real names. Um Drago. No, Mr. T's not Drago. No, Drago killed Oh Drago, yes, Dra- I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, Drago. Clubber Lang didn't kill him. Ivan Drago killed him. And um he wanted a role and they're like, no, it doesn't work because you're dead. So he's like, You can't use me. So they just found another body double to play him. Oh, Carl, come on. Yeah, but then they patch things up, so that's why he's in uh, the uh, crude movies, which are freaking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sorry. That, that was very uh, arrested <laughs> development, Carl Weathers, of him. <laughs> Fuck. Good. Don't tight. Oh, wow. You can make a stew of it. Oh, goodness gracious. A lot of sneezing. The the rain stopped though. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't know what his his deal was. I mean, when you're dead, you can't really come back. Did they want like a like a dream sequence? But like he aged, or they can use that. He can just refilm like if there's a flashback, refilm his scenes, and then use that age reversal shit. Yeah, but he didn't have the bot Tarkin. Yeah. Stallone just wanted the body, you know. He didn't want the the player, the guy. Yeah. All right. Um, here is Squeezer's second pick. Alrighty then. Hi, Jan. Who are you? Ace Ventura, pet detective. I've been sent in with a special play. Quarterback sneak. Please. I'll never tell anyone, I swear. 
He's the one you want. Kill him. No, no, kill him. No, kill, kill him. him. Kill him. He held He's the ball. Come on, look at the cry, baby. Jock, wimp, muscle head. Shut up. I think I'll kill the dolphin first. I wouldn't want you to miss that. Uh, I was I I was so mad that you weren't doing this. I'm like, I just want to quote Ace Ventura. Uh, He's your favorite quarterback squeezer. Talk about the man. <laughs> I I don't know why I didn't at first. Like I just want to go. He was on the uh, Bumblebee Tuna shortlist. Your balls are showing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because Dan was. Whoa, whoa! Big breakup! Big breakup! Uh, the rain's causing a oh, little. No. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. You're good. Uh -oh. You're good. What Keep... is a satellite? It must be uh, optical flare. Ah. <laughs> uh, Dan was slightly overshadowed in his performance uh, by one uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah, it, the energy. Uh, look, I, I think if anyone else was playing a. Uh, he just he can't compare in the scenes. Look, he was funny, but uh, look, there's a reason why Dan Marino uh, um, does like uh, wait uh, was that Weight Watchers or whatever the, the meal prep commercials that he would do is uh, would do. I I'm not good with words, uh, and neither was Dan. Look, he was he was fantastic and it. it fit the role perfectly. You got Dan Marino. Like he was the the he was huge, still huge in in my circle, but the best ever not to win a Super Bowl, right? If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. You just wanted to quote Ace Ventura, didn't you? Be careful with that <laughs> phone, Lieutenant. <laughs> um, <laughs> Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. I kiss the wait. man. <laughs> just let him go. Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah. So somehow they managed to get. Uh, the a uh, huge number of Dolphins players. They even um, got Shula to do a cameo in it. Out, out of that whole sequence, when he's like checking the rings, that's my favorite gimmick out of all of them. When he's in the mailbox. So how do you get in there? What? When he's in the mailbox. Who? He's hiding. Ace? Ace Ventura. He's a pet detective. He gets places. That's true. Um, but the big get is Dan, and not just the initial cameo when he's checking the rings for the stone, but you get Dan Marino kidnapped with Snowflake. And in a Dan Marino is in a movie sequence in which a man who is... Not necessarily, well, we find out, spoilers, isn't completely transitioned yet. Um, because It might be one of the most disturbing images it's still in all cinema history. What was, what was that? 
It's still, it's still she, her, squeezer. It's still, no, no, that, yeah, that's fine. Well, it's, I mean, it's Finkel. And Einhorn. You missed. Um, but yeah, so, uh, he didn't want to do this movie. Um, and I'm sure there was some outside pressure because they were getting, you know, they got so many other people on board. And then Jim Carrey, um, went to have a luncheon with Dan Marino to sell him to do the film. And basically he comes in the full character into the restaurant and Jim Carrey's going full. It's basically Ace Ventura came to the luncheon and is just being Ace Ventura to everyone in the restaurant interrupting their meal. Bumblebee Duna! Your balls are showing. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... Dan was cracking up. He thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. Well, good he did, because that's what he'll forever be known for since he didn't win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, that and his bad knees. And those food prep commercials that he does, that Weight Watchers thing. I should try that. And he got Snowflake, too. There's actually, there was really a, a... Dolphins, dolphin mascot back in the day. Yeah, they can't do that anymore. No, it was back in the '60s though, and it had nothing. And it just stopped not doing it. Had nothing to do with, you know, it being a monstrous thing to keep it, you know, captured like that. Because mm-hmm. maybe we should keep the dolphins captured. Because I've seen that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror, man. If if they can get out, if they eventually develop thumbs, we're fucked. Sarah yeah, so well, pissed. We're kind of already fucked, so... I mean, I say bring on the yeah, dolphin over, overlords. Oh, true. Yeah. Or if they just develop a gun that can be fired with a flipper. Yeah. Or they have, like, a sonic attack. I'll teach you my French flipper trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they actually... it was They only did it for, like, two seasons, and they stopped doing it only because it wasn't cost-effective. Because they had to keep repairing the tank and transporting the dolphin and caring for it, so like and that. buying a new oh, dolphin to replace that dolphin. Buying a new, well, no, I guess it was only one dolphin. Uh, they picked one out in particular, uh, Flipper. Uh, well, his name was Flipper. I forgot what the real dolphin's name was, uh, but they named it Flipper after the sitcom Flipper. How many dolphins uh, do you think they fed to the players as tuna salad? <laughs> <laughs> this will make you strong. Like, oh, um, Flipper died again. Go get another Flipper. What do we do with the old Flipper? Cut it up and feed it to the boys. Mix it with plenty of mayo. Lemon and capers. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> sure they're good, high in mercury. It's a good dolphin recipe. Um, but the worst, though, was that the reason that they picked this dolphin uh, to go uh, was because all the other dolphins didn't like the travel. Uh, because they would have to transport every every home game. They would have to move the dolphin from the aquarium to this little tank in the stadium. That's not traumatic at all. But they picked a dolphin that didn't mind it. Because mm. they asked, like, do you mind this? And the dolphin's like, no. He said, fuck no, football is life. Yeah. Can I get a Bud Light? I want to do flips for. What's the Bud Light policy? What about Miller Lite? I hear they're good for the complexion. <laughs> Any light beer you have. Come on. Come on. Let's party. It's football. 
I'm here. I gave my permission. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Highlight of the movie is still him beating the shit out of Swoop at the end. Oh, hello. Oh, hello, everybody. I heard you talking about tuna salad, and I just was reminded of one of Squeezer's favorite snacks. Oh, most people like to eat it on soggy bread, but Squeezer just liked to scoop it out with the biggest spoon I could find and eat it right from the tub. I got a admissions for you, Squeezer. I don't know oh. if you knew this, oh. but I, our tuna salad wasn't really tuna. <laughs> We'd buy do dead dolphins from the dolphins. <laughs> you know. There were that many of them. That you can... Every other week, Flipper would die, and we had a fresh one. And that's at least two <laughs> weeks of, of tuna salad. I mean, one if you're extra hungry, but normally two weeks. We grind them up and mix them with mayo, lemon, and capers. Not really, just mayo. <laughs> you know, and, and it was mayo. It wasn't true mayo. <laughs> Oh, how did you love it? You were so happy every time there was a fresh batch of dolphin salad. You didn't know the difference, nor did you care. <laughs> and when we put it on bread, you ate it on the sandwiches. You scooped up the leftovers with your potato chips. <laughs> I even gave you that Tupperware to keep in your starter jacket for when it was too cold outside. You'd be like, I need food to go in the corner and eat because the boys won't play action figures with me because it's cold. And I said, go ahead, scoop to this tub aware. You could put it in your starter pouch and go in the corner and eat it after recess was over. Those are what I call the good old days, Squeezer. Oh, I missed them. But then they got rid of the dolphins, and we had to get rid of tuna salad at Whitehall. I blame Ace Ventura, quite frankly. I guess what your lunch lady's saying is Ace Ventura <laughs> shed light on the dolphin, dead dolphin situation with the Miami Dolphins, and you couldn't get, air quote, tuna salad anymore at lunch. <sighs> Ah, requited love. It's always so wonderful and heartwarming to hear on the show. All right. You, bro you broke me. I think I did that years ago. <laughs> it, it was the, the action figure line is the one that really did me. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. I speak from what I know, Squeezer. Uh, and the dolphin, the dolphin salad is. Uh... Oh, it was so delicious! You couldn't tell the difference. Fish is fish. <laughs> uh, I, I, Beatrice, I believe they're mammals. Fish, mammals, it's all the same when you're making a salad. Man, you think dolphin meats taste like human meat? Uh, well, there's only one way to find out. Internet, here we go. Well, I guess there's what? other we, there's other Does mammals we dolphin eat. Uh, taste like. Isn't a deer a mammal? Uh, yeah. A cow's a mammal. People are mammals. Well, yeah, but a cow's a mammal, so we eat mammals. So it's not that. 
Ah, okay. It, uh, it... I've not eaten dolphin. It's like kind of like pork. Hmm. Visually resembles beef. Well, how about you just eat a pig then? Because they suck and they're everywhere. <laughs> Canned tuna has never contained dolphin or slash mammal byproducts. Ever? You sure? Come on, that's that, ruined That's a according lot of, uh... to fisheries.noaa.gov. Oh, yeah, okay. Listen, I'm going to tell you the true story of the NOAA squeezer. You think that they're only worrying about fisheries and dolphins. What they're really worried about is HARP, that system that disrupts the nation's nuclear arms across the entire planet. And it's ran by pedophiles. Do you really want the button in the hands of pedophiles? No. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. I just know he talks about the HARP and NOAA. <laughs> um... How dolphin safe is canned tuna really? Is there dolphin? There's a lot of. Is there dolphin and canned tuna? Hmm. Oh, I guess there's. It says dolphin safe on tuna labels. It was based on the well, 1972. I'm, I'm guessing they'll just chop it up because there's a process. Yeah. Like, I doubt whatever machine that they used. It... it was based on the 1972 Marine Mammal Protect Act. A close-up of the Dolphin Safe lab label on the can of tuna. Hmm. So it was probably never really an issue. It just looked good. It's like, mm. hey, we did this thing where we saved dolphins. We're like, yay! Well, I don't think they ever really put the problem. dolphin meat in tuna. I just think dolphins were killed while they were tuna fishing. Yeah, they get killed in the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they don't want them in there. But here's, no. a, here's a 2020 article, seafoodsource.com. Study finds evidence of dolphin meat in Mexican canned tuna. Well, they're, yeah, they're... There what? There's probably, dol there's probably dolphin meat in Mexican soda. <laughs> it's uh, I I had something and it just fell flat. I'm sorry, yeah. folks. Right. Shit. You had wow, something more racist, but you decided to turn yeah, back. No, I'm, no, not. It has nothing to do with race. It's just their their the reliability of you know processing. What's up, Schmuffin? Oh, hi, Schmuffin. Schmuffin says, "Stick with the off the the on color jokes, not the off color." But that's our shtick, Schmuffin. Schmuffin. Okay, she said, "Go ahead." She said, "Fuck it. What do I care?" The cat made me do it. If anyone asks, she she said she would eat dolphin, right, Schmuffin? Yeah. Did you hear that? She'd eat the fuck out of some dolphin. <laughs> yeah, you would. Uh, although the ingestion of dolphin does not represent a health risk, the fraudulent addition of substances that are not authentic and deception of consumers is unacceptable. So it's probably in that subway tuna that they said they found no tuna DNA or whatever what it was. Probably all dolphin. Or dolphin's probably expensive. It's probably all like turkey or, or whether that white fish that, that they used to make imitation. Cod. Yeah, cod. All right. Um, we used to have this seafood melody 
Like, oh, I remember seeing that. I thought that was the grossest uh, looking thing ever. It was like all imitation crab mixed with mayonnaise uh, back when I was oh, in Subway. God. Yeah. All right, Squeezer, my third pick. Give me Vaughn. Give me Rick Vaughn. Oh, my God, it's him. He's back. It's Wild Thing. Rick Wild Thing Vaughn. He matured a lot over the winter. Apparently, he's bathing now. Are you thinking about what you might have done differently? No, I was mostly thinking about your legs. The Wild Boys of Summer are here again. Oh. Charlie Sheen, Tom Ballinger, Corbin Burnson. God. Major League Two, You know I'm an unapologetic fan of Major League Two, Squeezer. Yes, sir. I'm also an unapologetic fan of the work of Bob Euchre in all three Major League movies. He is fantastic. You could hear him in that trailer. He is not just the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers. He is not just... Um, a WWF uh, Hall of Famer, which I think he is. I don't know if he is or not. He is not just a former Major League Baseball player, Squeezer, but he is the voice of some of the best movies of all time. Harry Doyle playing the drunken... Uh, voice of the Cleveland Indians in the Major League movies. And the the second one is my favorite one. He's just all out pissed drunk. and <laughs> It's like if Degler were to drink, it'd be Harry Doyle. Shitting on a team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bob Euchre was a Philadelphia Philly uh, from 1966 to 1967, Squeezer. Yeah, so he was. I did a, not know that he was a Brave, a Cardinal, a Philly, a Milwaukee Brave, not a Atlanta Brave. He was an Atlanta Brave after the Philadelphia Phillies. He joined the Milwaukee Brewers as their broadcaster in 1971, and he's still broadcasting the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, so if you have Sirius Radio, you can hear him calling to this day on the radio. He is 87 years old. The man's still going. Those old timers. Damn. Man. Yeah. He uh, so he was a wrestling announcer in '87. He appeared in WWF WrestleMania three as a ring announcer uh, for the pay per view's main event of Hulk Hogan versus uh, someone we'll be talking about later. He returned in 1988 for WrestleMania four as a ringside announcer commentator during the opening battle royale as a backstage interviewer. One famous WrestleMania set segment saw this person I'm going to be talking about later choking Bob Euchre. Uh, <laughs> he is a funny guy. He was uh, often appeared on The Tonight Show with uh, Johnny Carson. Carson asked him what the biggest thrill of his professional baseball career was. And with his typical dry wit, Euchre replied, Watching a fan fall out of the upper deck in Philadelphia. The crowd booed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Probably the 700 level. Back in the old veteran stadium where it smelled like piss. 
Uh, he once joked that after he hit a grand slam off pitcher Ron Herbal, when his manager came out to get him, he was bringing Herbal's suitcase. <laughs> Another kitchen equipped, sporting good companies would pay me not to endorse their products. Uh, on his acting later acting career, he commented, even when I was, played baseball, I was acting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when he was announcing games, he often said outlandish things like during a particularly bad Brewers game, Brewers were playing in here. Reportedly said a couple of grand slammies and the Brewers are right back in it. (laughs) He's, uh, appeared in multiple Miller, uh, Miller light beer commercials as one of the Miller light all-stars. It's good for the complexion. Um... I don't. I don't know what else to say. He's just. He's hysterical in those movies. Major League Two's great. Uh, as Harry Doyle in the second one, it's when he just like takes his all his clothes off and he's drinking the bottle of Jack, and he's got that second guy in there with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he finally lets him speak, and he says, "One thing is great addition." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta think it was fairly just him. Just, him just doing the things that he wanted to say during a game that he normally couldn't. Yeah. Even though he still said a lot. Uh, Major League Two did not go over well with critics. It received just well, a 5% can... rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Ouch! Said striking out on every joke, Major League Two is a lazy sequel that belongs in the bench. I just, Most critics don't know what the fuck they're talking about. No. How do they make a fucking living off this shit? No, everything's got to be fucking Sophie's Choice. Yeah. I don't know. Um, There's talks of a possible Major League sequel back from 2010. Uh, It shows a wild thing coming out of retirement to work with a younger player. I I would love a Major League 3, but I don't think they'll ever... I mean, they did do a 3, but like a 4, I guess. An actual, yeah. yeah. A proper sequel. Threequel. That's, yeah, that'd be great. Um. All right, that's it. That's that's Bob Euchre. You could. I'm gonna. You know what? I might. I might pull up this weekend uh, my serious app and listen to a Euchre calling a um, a Brewers game just for some old times' sake. Here is Squeezers. Next. Here we go with the next <laughs> pick. Here's Squeezer. Get up. Come on, hero. That's enough, sailor. Get up, sailor. Nah, get up boy. Come on. You can't keep me from this mission. Why you getting up, Marine? Yeah, stay down, man. Come on. Stay, stay down. Over. Stay here, motherfucker. No. No. Why? Why you want to go die, boy? Why? Why? I'll tell you why. Father's missing in action. Shot down in Vietnam. That's why. 
You might know him from such films as Uncommon Valor. Uh, when you brought this up, there is no way I couldn't not, uh, not pick Mr. Randall Tex Cobb. Randall uh, Tex sorry, Cobb from his wonderful fight with Larry Holmes. Uh, do you work any of the, you worked with him, right? Fuck yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't. He was, he was done with us by the time I started. I think, or I just wasn't doing boxing. No, yet. We, I wasn't crude yet. We only, he only showed up to the roasts. Oh, he he called a couple game, a couple. Uh, he did color. Yeah, but he was always at the roast. That's where I met him. Okay. That's where I worked gotcha. with him. Because I was producing a show at that point, so I was getting him to do the on oh, Randall Tux Cobb, and we're wondering. Oh yeah, you know what? I was there for I I I got to meet him once. What the heck were you thinking? When we were doing, uh, when uh, Larry was just handing out just wads of cash for guys just to do little teasers for the show. Yeah. And he I'm did one smoking for us. Joe so that Frazier. Shop as a razor. What the heck <laughs> were you thinking? Thinking. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, I, I, I produced a, uh, classic, uh, boxing show for, uh, 13 episodes back in the day last year um no last year and uh, hey god find something to do and i and i swear i know this guy <laughs> just because he would show up and he would just sit down and just he's talk a shit. massive bastard he is yes he is fucking huge shakes your hand and it like envelops your body and he would have no idea what a talk button is because there are these boxing matches going on that he's supposed to be calling and people will come up and talk to him and he would just have a full blown conversation with this person right there with the mic on. Uh, I don't know who's doing audio. I'm not calling anyone out, but no one decided to close his fader when he's just talking to random people on the side. Well, there was a bar there. Yeah. So I, <laughs> uh, well, I, I had man, to pick him because it, it takes me back to, uh, a couple of his movies, but this one in particular, Uncommon Valor, I had taped off of. It was definitely a uh, uh, Pix 11 uh, recording. New York's movie station. Uh, that that I recorded and watched this ad nauseum. And uh, starring uh, Gene Hackman and uh, Robert Stack, of course. Uh, Fred Ward of Tremors fame. Uh, Randall Tex Cobb and Patrick Swayze, a Robert uh, young... Stack of Caddyshack Two fame. Uh, I, of course, Caddyshack Two. That's where everyone knows him from. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the scene, yes, uh, uh, Randall Tex Cobb beats the living bejesus uh, out of Patrick Swayze, as he should have, because uh, yeah, the guy was a monster and quite flexible in doing it too. My dad. He wasn't just brawling in there. He was throwing some good kicks too. He was a flexible fella. Um, but yeah, I I loved him in this movie. He's just he basically plays himself, just a gruff, yet sweet man uh, who eventually pulls the pin on the grenade that he wears around his neck and blows himself up in a bunch of barrels uh, to take out a bunch of guys, uh, bad guys. We'll call them bad guys just for the sake of the movie. I don't know why he didn't just pull the pin and drop the grenade, why he had to dive on it 
I mean, he was already shot and probably wasn't going to make it, but, I mean, you could have tried. I would have dropped the grenade. Right. Yeah. Who am I to say? Uh, he was also, he made a, a brief appearance. I didn't know. Where was he in uh, Ace Ventura? Oh, uh, fuck. He was um, the the henchman for oh, when he yeah. fought the dolphin. When he was yeah, he was the, the henchman. Uh, he was also in Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he's in a lot of movies around the country. Oh, he was in oh oh boy. He played Daniel Royce Earthquake Toberman in. MacGyver. Make oh a boy. note of that. Hold on. So in Ace Ventura, he was the beginning when Ace was dressed up as the delivery man on that the first mission. Okay. That was Tex Cobb. Gotcha. All right. So I, basically, my the next time we do this, it's going to be all MacGyver. So far, we got yeah Randall Tex Cobb on MacGyver. Awesome. Uh, he was in Police Academy 4, which is the, would you say, the second best Police Academy movie? Uh, 4? Yeah. Is that Citizens on Patrol? Citizens on Patrol. Yes. Yeah, I, I go City Under Siege is the best. Yes. And then Citizens on Patrol. Yes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Un- Uncommon Valor was his big break. That that was like his first real movie he did in '83. Uh, he was in Ernest Goes to Jail. Uh, he played Lyle, who was the other convict, um, who I, I found was quite endearing. Uh, and he did a bunch of other stuff uh, too. But I mean, oh, he was in uh, an episode of Married with Children, um, and uh, some uh, Walker Texas Rangers in there as well. Because Walker Texas Ranger, much like MacGyver, if you did the rounds. It is almost like Law and Order. He just—I'm surprised he wasn't in a Law and Order. Maybe he's just got to look. Everyone, I'm scrolling through. I'm looking for a Law and Order. Um, but yeah, very in, endearing man. And um, it's funny as I was going through all that old boxing footage and him just talking. I'm like, wow, this is really just the guy that was in Uncommon Valor. That's the character. It was no. That's- there's right. no great uh, squeezer reversal or anything there. It's just him being him. Very true. Which endears me even more to him. And me. Shall we move on? Uh, we shall. All right. We are on my... Here's my next. Here go. Here you go. I sit at the prince's table, and there they were, four white horses. And I thought, there are four of us. If we ever find the lady, hello, lady. So I took them with me, in case we ever bumped into each other. I guess we just did. Isaac, you did something right. Oh, wait. I wanted it to go to my head. It's alright, I don't want to go to my head. <laughs> I love Blue Lady. We're talking about the <laughs> eighth wonder of the world, Andre the motherfucking giant. 
Oh, I, I thought you had a telemarketer call. Hello, Pearly So, we're talking WrestleMania 3, him versus Hulk Hogan. He's billed at 520 pounds. The stress of the weight is hurting his bones and joints. He's in constant pain. Um, he's wearing a brace under his singlet because of uh, back surgery. He was in front of a record crowd. Hogan won the match after body slamming him. Later dubbed the body slam heard around the world. Followed by the big leg drop finisher. Um, Hogan said that uh, Andre was so heavy he felt like 700 pounds. And that he tore his latissimus dorsi muscle when slamming him. A myth, though, about the match is that no one, not even WDF owner Vince McMahon, knew until the day of the event that Andre would lose the match. In reality, he agreed to lose the match sometime before, mostly for health reasons. Reasons Contrary to popular belief, it was not the first time Hogan had successfully body slammed him in a WWF match. And this is awesome, because it happened close to home. A then-heel then Hogan had slammed a then-face Andre the Giant following their match at the showdown at Shea on the 9th of August, 1980 at the Hamburg Fieldhouse. Whoa. Yes. This took place in the territorial days of American wrestling, three years before WWF began their national expansion. So those who watched WrestleMania 3 had never seen the Giant Slammed. Pretty cool. I know my dad used to work those early matches with, with Johnny, and he said Andre, Vince, Hogan, they're all there. That's awesome. That is weird. Like that. Like now, yeah. There's no way you wouldn't have not seen it, right? Or heard of it. Back then, you know, there's no national network. Uh, he decided to pursue an acting career and was cast by Rob Reiner in the fantasy adventure comedy A Princess Bride as Fezzik, a giant from Greenland. Uh, and famous for his line, Hello, it's my only giant, I'll squash you like a bug. And take the snake Robert. You think that snake going to get in my way? I eat it for my appetite in the morning for dinner and for breakfast. Oh! <laughs> uh, Does that hurt doing that? No. Are that you one... ever afraid that you're going to swallow your tongue and just choke to death while doing Andre? Nah, that one's easy. You know who they really wanted for Fezzik? His first choice was Andre the Giant. B was unavailable. The second choice was someone who's another wrestler. Someone whose impression I can't do as well from earlier today. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. What's wrong with you, Squeezer? Don't you think I can play Vasic? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Alex Jones, but no. But uh, <laughs> that's right. They wanted me to star in a deep state film called Princess Bride. I said, not happening. The tree elves have the, the, you might have greenlit the movie, but it got the red light from the tree elves. Not going to happen. I don't know what I'm doing there. Uh, Schwarzenegger 
by the time Princess Bride was greenlit, Schwarzenegger was big titties and the studio could not afford him. So they contacted WWF and asked about hiring Andre. They were told filming conflicted with his match in Tokyo. They would pay him $5 million. They auditioned Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Ferrigno, and Carol Struckin, but they didn't pan out. Liam Neeson also auditioned for the role. but Wait, for that role? Yeah. Liam Neeson is giant schlong. Uh, near the end of casting, WWF told Jenkins that Andre's match in Tokyo had been canceled, clearing him to play the role of Fezzik. For his part, Andre found the participation was a gratifying experience, considering that no one stared at him on set during production as kind of a freak, but simply treated him as a fellow member of the cast. Oh. This is my favorite thing. I'm not a freak. I'm just a giant. Princess Bride. Great movie. Family fun movie. Great role for Andre. The giant. They're trying to remake it, and Carrie Yules is saying, don't do it. No, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. There's no there's no need to remake it. Money. Squeeze our money. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Here's your next pick. Now, no one's going to hurt the rocket. Is everybody crystal clear on that point? Triple H? Yeah. Mick? Yes, Vince. Show? <laughs> what do you have behind you? What are you hiding? What is, what is that? Turn around. Not, nothing? Turn around. <laughs> what, were you, what were you gonna do with that? I just wanna make sure I had a good seat. <laughs> Go, get rid of it, please. Vince, what if The Rock messes up one of his lines? He makes the WWF look bad. Can I run on stage and hit him for that? You got a good point, Vince. No, look, we're guests here tonight. Guys, and for a change, I just wanna be respectable. Hey, okay? Vince, look what I found. It's that mango dude. Can I keep him, please? <laughs> Would you quit it, please? Now, see, I, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, put the little guy down, okay? Do I have please, to? Put him down. Put me down. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you guys don't understand. Tonight, tonight's The Rock's night. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And tonight, The Rock is the star of the show, okay? So tonight, The Rock gets all the glory. Okay. Except this one part. Live from New York, it's Saturday night! Live from New York, it's uh, Saturday uh, night! Ah, ha, ha. Fuck you, Rock, that's my glory! <laughs> so I, I I sent you the first clip that was like from the monologue, and then I went back and rewatched the whole episode, and the you whole know, open is so good. Well, the monologue's good. They all come out and sing with him, right? Um, I think that's at the end. When did they? They don't sing with him at you the know, monologue. My my dad was like, I know horse uh, almost only counts in grenades and horseshoes, but we are all I wanted was tickets for this, and my dad had con- contacts at NBC. We were on the the standby list to go see this live. No one was giving those up to no, it was move like, you up that spot. Right. Man. We were we were on standby. We were waiting. We were like, we're biased. He had a expedition at the time. We were like waiting outside, like waiting to get the call. And they're like, just go inside and watch. You're not coming. I'm like, fuck. 
We were in st- two stand. We were on both standby lists for the dress rehearsal and the show. We didn't get either. Ah. But he tried. Uh, he pulled every contact he could get for me to go see The Rock on SNL. Not just The Rock. The Your Rock, entire WrestleMania 2000 main event. Triple H, Big Show, Mick Foley, and Vince McMahon. Oh. So, I mean, and this this episode alone is... It stands alone as just a really good episode. All the sketches, for the most part, are great. Uh, the cold open is fantastic. And Big Show, he's hiding it. it, it it's insane how... Hold a folding chair in front of you, all right? And see how actually big it is. Right. And then that Big Show can stand there with it behind his back and you not know that he has a folding chair behind his yeah, back. He's a massive bastard. The guy's a monster. And, and plug mango out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris uh, and Foley is just and Mick Foley is just being Mick Foley. Yeah, like it's just him hanging out. Triple H is actually downplaying it because he's not the bad guy per se in this. They are definitely they clearly break kayfabe for the show. Um, and uh, Big Show, this is his time to shine, really. And there's general consensus. And I remember, because I was on all the wrestling boards back then, like, talking and shit. Like, this made him. Like, he, he was a star then, and they were building him up. But they realized, wow, he can work. He has some comedic chops. And they gave him a... He got a big push further after this and allowed I him... It, I think this extended his career. I think it pushed Because he wasn't just... What's that? I think it pushed everybody who was involved. Oh, sure. But Big Show, by far, because it gave him a variety now. Like, he had much more, a lot more humor in a lot of his uh, different, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh... Repertoire? Repertoire, yes, thank you. Uh, that wasn't the one, but it was one of the ones. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Big Show, Big Show, I think stole the show here. And yeah, there was, uh, it was one of the sketches uh, when he goes on, uh, Rock goes on Morning Latte, and he sings, and that's when uh, Big Show and uh, Foley come out and and back him up and sing behind him, yeah. and they're just a, they really are just adorable monsters. Uh, Rock goes on. Uh, there's a uh, Mr. Peepers bit where yeah, Rock is the uh, big Mr. Mr. Peepers, Peepers dad. No, he's not his dad. He plays a big Mr. Peepers. No, it's his dad. It's his dad. Oh, I don't remember it being his dad. But he does the whole apple eating bit, like just like Mr. Yeah, Peepers. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, and uh, then Chris Kattan is like the little Mr. Peepers, yeah. and he's like mortified of him. And until they uh, hump, uh, oh, what was the, what was the guy's name? I know what he looks like. Chris Parnell? But yeah. Then, what's that? Chris Parnell? Was it Parnell? Yeah, I think it was Parnell. Yeah. And then he gets double humped by both of them. The dad from Which, Rick I mean, it's Morty. The Rock. It's not that bad. Now the uh, Rock there's is a, the a biggest... Lady Man sketch with uh, Rock and Drag. Yes. Now The Rock's the biggest star in Hollywood, so. Yes. And this was, I mean, this was like the beginning of... It, it's strange that it came so late. It was almost like... They needed things like by 2000, it wasn't as taboo. Like they were hot, 
but you could start to touch WWF stars now. It wasn't like 98, 99 right. raunchiness. Right. Like it, it was, you you could, they were more pop culture now. Well, Mick Foley's It was almost was... like how like South Park went, you know? Like you couldn't, like South Park was very like, oh my God, that's an awful show. And then like parents started watching it. It's like, oh, it's South Park. It's hilarious. Well, Mick Foley had a number one book on the New York Times bestseller list by this point too. Uh, at this, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I had there was the uh, Clark Kent bit, which uh, yeah. has rock playing Clark Kent, and like and they having, all knew it was him. The the best part of the whole bit is the suit sticking out from underneath, like his sleeves are sticking out, and he's clearly dressed as Superman underneath the suit. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is some uh, fantastic. Uh, and ACDC was on it too. And ACDC was on. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Nicotrell. It is like uh, a, a a physical. Again, I like my physical comedy, uh, and it's a to help you quit smoking. And like The Rock and Big Show come and just beat the living shit out of you yeah. for smoking. Uh, and again, it's what's Chris up? Close captioning seven six five. Yeah, he's watching uh, riding solo, yeah. watching on YouTube, baby. Everybody must be sleeping tonight. It's just him and you, right. I think. No one's on the night. That's all right. They maybe they thought that we were live like last week, you know. Until we get into our, uh, uh, until we get into uh, the algorithm, where Brian Johnson on uh, Triple H's shoulders holding the WWF New Generation title at the end was probably one of the best shots. Was it Brian? I thought it was Angus Young. Angus Young, whoever it was. Brian Johnson was probably dead at that point. No, Brian Jones is still alive. Who's dead from ACDC? Uh, shit, what's his name? Not Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson replaced... Uh, wow, a lot of people are going to be mad right now. If more of you were on right now, you could correct me now. Someone from ACDC was on Triple H's shoulder holding the title, and I thought that yeah, was it awesome. It was definitely Angus Young, though. Yeah. Um, but this is where like it all kind of it took off from here. Like The Rock did like a couple little... Stints on TV. He he played like his. He actually played Rocky Johnson on that '70s show. '70s show, yeah. I remember, um, I remember tuning in for that. I mi- I didn't miss a single one of these, Squeezer. Yeah, but it was after this, and like after WrestleMania 2000, and then yeah, then he went on and his little movie called The Mummy Returns, and then he got a spinoff, The Scorpion King. Yes. And yeah, a couple other movies after that. And most recently, had one of the biggest box offices in COVID era with uh, Jungle Cruise, which was really fun and really good. And he... Was it? Charms Jungle Cruise? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And it's oh, all... Good. The Rock carries the picture. Well, him and... Em, I'm sorry. Emily Blunt and Rock carry the picture. But, yeah, it's really good. The two of them are just chemistry fucking gold. Like I, I, the one thing I don't like about the movie is how they made them romantic at the end. You don't buy them. Oh, as, really? Uh, spoilers. Sorry, you don't buy them as a romantic couple, but you buy them like as a giant fucking man and her being like a female Indiana Jones. Like there was no, they shouldn't have, they shouldn't have put a romance in it. I don't know. That was just. Uh, they always have to do that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like no more romance. You don't ever. need it. I mean, there could, there's time. There's a time and a place for romance, but that picture, that movie wasn't 
place for it. Yeah. Like nowhere else could like uh similar where it didn't need it. Uh speed. Yeah, right. Like you, you didn't need that that sequence at the end of them like making out. Like, right. There's no, you didn't need that. Right. Uh anyway. Why can't two people just go through a traumatic circumstance without making out? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. Um, moving on. My last pick. My last pick. Oh, zooming. Well, not really. We're almost two hours in. You can do it, Barry! Barry was a hero in his heart. I really like you. We always seem to meet this way. It's not going to be so easy this time. But he wanted someone to prove it to. Do you want a real shot at me? Well, there's your chance. Karate tournament. And he needed his fantasy partner. Hi, I'm Chuck Norris. To become his real-life teammate. Why don't you and I go win this thing, huh? Jonathan Brandis and Chuck Norris. I can't believe that was you! Sidekicks. Rated PG. Starts Friday, April 30th. Start climbing. Barry lived in a dream world. Hey, so this is uh, about a black belt in Tang So Do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Judo Squeezer. He served in the U.S. Air Force. He won many martial arts championships and later found his own discipline, Chuck Cook Do. Chun Cook Do. Shortly after, he would train celebrities in martial arts. He went on to appear in a minor role in the spy film, The Wrecking Crew, which was featured in my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because it featured, uh, God damn it. The older I get, the worse I get with names. Sharon Tate. <laughs> Margot Robbie played Sharon Tate, and she goes to see the movie. And like, Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? Uh, I started it. Oh, God, it's so good. And I fell asleep. Uh, friend and fellow martial artist Bruce Lee. Nothing but... against the movie. It was just, you know, two in the morning. Yes. So Bruce Lee trained, as you see in that movie, Bruce Lee, Lee trained uh, Sharon Tate for her role in that movie. And then he invited uh, Chuck Norris to play one of the main villains in Way of the Dragon. Uh, then he started continuing acting. A friend and student, Steve McQueen, suggested he take it seriously. He started had a starring role in the action film Breaker Breaker in 1977, which turned a profit. Always good in Hollywood. His second lead was Good Guys Wear Black in 1978, which was a hit. And he soon went on to become an action star. He was in A Force of One, The Octagon, An Eye for an Eye. Uh, this made Norris an international celebrity. He went on to make studio films Silent Rage with Columbia, Force Vengeance with MGM, Lone Wolf McQuaid. With Orion, this led Canon Films to sign Norris to a multiple film deal. Missing in Action was probably his first big, like, mainstream picture. Invasion USA, The Delta Force, Firewalker, Code of Silence. Then he went, he did Walker, Texas Ranger from 93 to 2001. But. Yeah, you forget how long that fucking show ran for. But the movie I'm talking about was the movie that introduced me to Conan O'Brien. I'm not to Conan O'Brien. I'm sorry. I'm reading something. <laughs> to to uh, Chuck Norris, which was a Just movie called... getting your called, redheads confused. Well, sometimes that happens. Which was a movie directed by the brother of Chuck Norris, Aaron Norris, produced by Chuck Norris, financed 
by Jim Mattress Mac. McInvall from Houston, the furniture outlet friend who's friends with Bruce Bridger, he talks about on uh, on uh, something to wrestle with. This is Sidekicks. And to me, this movie was one of my favorite movies because it depicted something that happened in my fucking brain on a regular basis, just not with Chuck Norris. <laughs> and I was also, I wasn't bullied because I went to Catholic school and there was 10 kids in my grade, but I was an asthmatic boy. <laughs> What's with all these orphan boys in the 80s living with Bo Bridges, by the way? <laughs> uh, so Barry has these vivid daydreams about being Chuck Norris's sidekick, and his enemies are personified in these daydreams. And uh, Joe Piscopo is one of the best as an arrogant dojo owner. Uh, but fuck, man, this movie is... You You are a fan of this as a kid, right? Uh, I don't... I didn't see it, like, then. What? Like oh, was, my no. God. We taped it. We rented it. This was one of my fit. My brother and I fucking love this movie. Jan- Jonathan Brandis. And it's uh, it's got uh, Danik and McKellar. Danik, Danik, Winnie Cooper. Yeah, I, I know Winnie Cooper. I wasn't quite sure what the. That was the her her uh, her theme from The Wonder Years. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Okay. It was released in the U.S. in April of 9th, 19, April 9, 1993. Germany uh, in December of 1992. <laughs> Don't know why. Um, great, fun movie. Made Chuck Norris a star in my eye. And go back and watch it. I, I love this movie. Chuck Norris stars and then co-stars. It's got a 26% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but fuck those critics. Like, this movie's good. Sidekick's is so much fun. Um, it's kind of like Karate Kid, but reimagined in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's fun. Like, the action sequences in his dreams are really good. His daydreams. Um, and he, like, he, like, hero worships Chuck Norris. Why wouldn't he? And then Chuck- Oh, Sure. Chuck Norris shows up at the end to help him win. But at the end, Squeezer. Hmm? He's seen talking to Chuck Norris, thanking him for his help. Uh But then Norris just vanishes in the thin air. And it's implied that Barry found the strength to live out his life without the need for his daydreams all along. Chuck Norris. This This requires a remake. I know. But Chuck Norris is 80 years old at this point. You think, he, yeah, he could still do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's he Chuck Norris. He could still do it. Um, Sidekicks. Great movie. A lot of fun. Chuck Norris is a star. Squeezer, your last pick. Here we go. Rounding out the day of athletes who've gone Hollywood. What a better way to go Hollywood than to guest star on one of the best television shows on the planet. As your new manager, I want to say this up front. No one is assured a spot in the starting lineup. I don't care if your name is Steve Sachs or Daryl Strawberry or... Smithers, what's one of the bad players' names? Homer Simpson, sir. Or Homer Simpson. Secondly, instead of beer, from now on you'll all be drinking this. It's a brain and nerve tonic, rich in proteids and electromagnetic juices. It promotes robust health. Of course, it has been known to cause gigantism, but only in rare cases. Try some. Wow, it's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. Excellent. Now, 
Let's begin our training, shall we? Pick me, pick me. I pick Ken Griffey Jr. Aw, oh, jeez. Okay, I'll take Millhouse. Hey, Mr. Boggs, will you be on my team? You got yourself a player. Damn. All right, I'll take Lewis. I'll take Jose Canseco. Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. And I say England's greatest prime minister was Lord Palmerston. Hit the elder. Lord Palmerston! Hit the elder! Okay, you asked for it, Boggs! Good job. <gasps> Mattingly! I thought I told you to trim those sideburns! Go home! You're off the team for good! Fine. I still like him better than Steinbrenner. Huh. <laughs> Doesn't Ken Griffey get addicted to the tonic and get giganticism? Yeah, he he gets gigantism. Uh, God, this was this is considered, and and it might not just my opinion across the board. This is one of the best Simpsons of all time. Oh yeah, it's executed perfectly, and this is how you use guest stars on The Simpsons if they're not just playing a separate role, but you bring them in. It just makes sense. Um. Yeah, you got uh, Steve Sachs, Wade Boggs, Daryl Strawberry, Jose Canseco, Don Mattingly, Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Sosha, Ozzie Smith, and Roger Clemens. Mm-hmm. Um, they origi- there were a couple others that they wanted. Um, they wanted Ryan Sandberg. Oh, can um, you imagine Rhino? We know. Uh, I, I yeah. tried to get Rhino. I had to have Rhino record a commercial once. It was like, yeah. Hello, I'm yeah. Ryan Sandberg. Thank you for donating socks to the Iron Blue charity. <laughs> Hold on, let me hear that and see if I need to do another take. Listen, Ryan Sandberg is one of the sweetest, most generous, most best baseball minds in the planet. Great all-around yes. guy. Cared so much about the community he was playing in and his players. Yeah. He's just kind of a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary player, legendary, player. Uh, legendary. Um, would not have worked in this situation. He he turned the role down. Of course he did. And I I see that uh, twofold. One, I'm sure he was probably aware of his inability, and also he probably didn't get it. Yeah, I don't understand that. It's humorous humor. and yeah. it's not baseball. Ah, uh, that's funny. <laughs> yes. Um. Who's it? Uh, Mike Sosha. Uh, so a lot of the ways that things were written in, there are a couple characters that were written in in a way that it paralleled like their real life or vice versa. So out of all the players that they got, one of them was an absolute pain in the ass. Can you guess who that was? Uh, Roger Clemens? No, surprisingly, no. He even did his own chicken noises. Uh, Jose Canseco. Yes, there it is. I knew it was either one of yeah, the two of them. Yeah, it was Jose. Can I know? I was surprised. I was surprised too when I read that Roger Clemens actually uh, had fun with it. Um, uh, Jose Canseco originally was supposed to have an affair with uh, Mrs. Krabappel and miss the game, <laughs> but uh, he felt that it didn't portray him in a in a good light, and I guess his wife at the time uh, didn't like it either. And also, he didn't like the way he was drawn, uh, and he was just complaining it didn't make him look good. So that's why they went over the top and made a 
bigger dick out of him by being the hero and saving all the woman's stuff from her burning house over the course of the evening and throughout the game, and that's why he missed it. Mm-hmm. So, like, fine, if you want to be such a hero, you can be a hero. Mm-hmm. And they give him this ridiculous task of saving her washer and dryer. <laughs> um, uh, Steve Sachs uh, gets uh, s- uh, six life sentences um, after being pulled over for you know nothing, but Wiggum and that uh, decides that they've solved all the crimes because it's Steve Sachs' fault. Uh, uh, Daryl Strawberry makes it through to the end, and he gets pulled for Homer, who then gets hit in the head by a pitch and wins the game. Uh, Don Mattingly is I'm assuming, fantastic in it. Uh, it's I'm assuming funny, the whole Don Mattingly thing. Everyone had to record well, their lines when they're in California playing the Dodgers of the Angels, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it actually took them, like, months. Like it, I remember hearing were, like, roughly, Sam, like, Sam Simon said on it. Howard Stern it took, like, like almost a year to make this episode. Yeah. And and also you're you're asking it's not like you're getting an actor to come in when they're available. No, you're trying to squeeze this out of baseball players, which <laughs> we know that game. Yeah, some guy some guys are good and and they play ball and uh, literally and figuratively and and they're good for it. And other guys just It's amazing how hard it is to try to get someone just to say a basic sentence and not sound like you're reading something off a page. Um, Mattingly gets kicked off the team for his sideburns. And funny enough, in hindsight, people are like, oh, yeah, they parodied that because he actually did have a big blow up with the Yankees where he was eh, something like suspended or kicked off the team because of his long hair. This actually happened before the year before that. Mm. So the, like the Simpsons... Again, predicted the future. Yeah, Ken Griffey uh, drinks Mr. Burns' nerve tonic, like his old-timey 1800s uh, 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 snake oil, and he gets gigantism. <laughs> uh, Roger Clemens gets hypnotized into being a chicken. Uh, Ozzie Smith, one of my favorite players of the area. I love Ozzie Smith. Uh, he is just the most happy-go-lucky guy and just wants to be a tourist and take pictures. And he gets lost in the Springfield mystery spot and like just falls into eternity. Uh, who he has come out that he has said that he would love to come back and do another episode because he wants to find his way out of there. Mm. Uh, so he was one of the guys that had fun with it. He was excited to be there. Uh, Mike Sosha like jumped at the chance. Like he was a fan. He wanted to be there, and that's why if you follow the episode, he's written in in a way where. He doesn't. He's not even there to play softball as a ringer. He actually wanted to take a job and work at the nuclear plant. Mm. And when Mister Burns says to Simon, he's like, "Oh, sorry, I have to work in hazardous waste. I have to go." Like he just, and all he does is just hang out and talk with Carl and enjoy like wheelbarrowing toxic waste around. <laughs> and when he dumps it, he's like, "Oh man, this is great." Uh, yeah. So he had a whole lot of fun with it. And then Wade Boggs who we could probably do a whole episode of if we, you know, expand our dates because, you know, uh, he's in more recent ones going as far as like five years ago. Wade, Wade Boggs is in coming in some of maybe three of my favorite episodes of TV ever. Uh, if Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in one of them, we have a problem. 
Oh, it is absolutely the number one. Yeah. He was in, and and he always he's in an episode of Cheers. The boys uh, break the gang of, breaks Boggs record. Yes, that is fantastic. It's one of my favorites. And the second go around um, is even funnier. <laughs> they did a part two. Did they? Yeah. I'm so far behind. Yeah. That was one of those things I want to go back and rewatch, but I'm too busy watching Raw from 1997. Hey, so. Boss Hog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the ghost of Wade Boggs. Yeah, he's not dead, Charlie. He's definitely he's not, not dead. dead. Oh, the the best then, I was reading an article online about like the legend of it, and he does a great job promoting it, too. He like, seriously did he, drink... Yeah, the, almost a mm-hmm. hundred beers, right? Yeah, and he'll he'll say it like he doesn't deny it. Right. And it, I mean, it could have been twenty, but he's done such a good job of promoting it and just making it a thing. Or even one of the articles, basically, they watched Always Sunny, and they referenced him in past tense as he was dead. Right. <laughs> like they just they watched that episode Always Sunny, assumed that Wade Boggs was dead, and so they wrote the whole article like he had already passed. Um which I then had to even question my own logic and go back and make sure that Wade Boggs was still alive. I, I knew he had to be because he was still playing when I was in high school. Yeah. Oh, he was awesome. Uh, yeah, he was in an episode of Cheers where they chase him out and uh, steal his pants, uh, and then also, and then he's I can uh, be... gets knocked out at the bar by Barney as they're uh, arguing over the greatest British prime ministers. I think I could be Wade Boggs. He eats chicken before every game. Mm-hmm. Wakes up at the same time every day. I don't run sprints at seven seventeen p.m. I take the same route to the office every day. Uh, and I could probably drink about 100 beers on a flight if I had to. I mean, if you had to. I think I, I beat you big guys as far as when it comes to drinking beer. I could, I could crush all you guys. I, I, well, that's because I don't, I, don't, I don't drink like that. You don't suffer from also, alcoholism. No, I do. Hmm. I just find a way to manage it. More effectively. I get full. I have a tiny tummy. It's full of poutine. <laughs> My tummy could just take beer. I go it goes right to the liver. No, I'm slow. I get full and sleepy before I can drink that much. I don't know how. Wade Boggs beer. Plain. Let's see what it is. Actually if you type in Wade Boggs. Uh, Google autofills in beer like three down. 107 beers in one day. Yeah. I'm not saying you should go for that. Boggs is capable of drinking 50 beers during cross-country flights. <laughs> That's why baseball is the best sport in the world. <laughs> Man's an athlete. athlete folks. <laughs> a hall- He's in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, I would. Well, I don't know. Yeah. He told me the actual number. Charlie Day said he pulled me aside and said it was really 107. Uh, Boggs ex- consumed 107 beers in a single day. Day explained that Boggs would start prior to arriving at the airport and continue throughout the flight and after landing. Yeah, he a uh, 12-time All-Star, first ballot Hall of Famer, folks. <laughs> Good for him, man. 
One of the best to ever play the position. <laughs> all right, that's all we've got. We uh, just did two plus hours on athletes who've gone Hollywood in the rad years generation squeezer. Make sure to comment on our YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell to get notifications. It's going to help us enter the algorithm. Uh, also, um, another good thing to help us would be to write a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or review wherever you yes, can. Yes, please do. Comment on our website, slide into my DMs, whatever you want. Just give us a review and we'll read it on air, whether it's shitting on me or whether it's you know saying squeezer's good either way i'll read it yeah either way it hurts his feelings folks. I, either way it hurts my feelings <laughs> and uh we'll be back next week with more uh, it's the dog episode next week right oh snap yeah yeah i gotta find a macgyver dog episode we're closing in on our 1994 september and then after that it's halloween <laughs> Nothing. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Did I was I looking at uh, MacGyver episodes with a dog. Oh, God. We'll be back next week yep. with more Rad Years Podcast. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. See you guys. Bye.